Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back, Sports Huddle. It was quite a day for football yesterday across the board. Dutch P.J. Fleck, of course, the Opus big win at Rutgers, but locally. They packed it at Allianz to watch St. John's and St. Thomas, and the head coach, Gary Foshing from St. John's, joins us now. And they, you have dominated that conference the last couple of years, Coach. And, but let's start with yesterday. What was it like when you took the field and you looked around and you got this packed place and this near-perfect day? What, what, what was that like to add to the history of this storied rivalry? It was really something, uh, you know, you never know how it's going to be when you play football in a soccer stadium. But uh, the crowd, the, first of all, the stadium is, just incredible there, and and uh, the the fans are right on top of you. So when we came out for warmups, and you know most of the crowd was already in their seats, and it was really loud. It was a great atmosphere for small college football. Jackson Erdman was off the charts again, and of course he uh, he's a coach's kid from Rosemont, and he went to Penn State first, and and you guys got him, and he had, I mean he had lots of time to throw yesterday, but whoa, he doesn't make many bad decisions, does he? He does make many, and, um, you know, he, he plays uh, so well in big games. You know, he ended up uh, yesterday 32 of 47, and uh, he had one interception in the first drive that we had the ball, and actually it was a pretty well-thrown pass, maybe a little bit high, but a receiver got both hands on it, and it went through his hands and uh, fell into the hands of the St. Thomas defender. And then we had, a, I think I counted when I watched film, three other, um, three other drops. So really he was probably 35 of 47 which would have put him over 500 yards. He ended up with 491 yards and three Whoa. touchdowns. But Whoa. just a tremendous quarterback. He, uh, you know, I haven't seen, uh, I've been around this league as a coach for 25 years and certainly during my playing days and then when I was a high school coach, keeping pretty close in contact with the MIC, I haven't seen anybody like this uh, come into our league. That was a good strategy yesterday, spotting that 14-point lead. Uh, nobody, <laughs> nobody really expected that. Uh, boy, you talk about a comeback. You guys really turned it on. Yeah, Dave, that was our plan. No, not at all. <laughs> I wonder uh, if we could get you to admit that. Yeah, but, you know, they they came out right away. They were on fire. and, and uh, But that's happened before in this game where one team, you know, might get up early and then, you know, as things settle down, uh, you know, things kind of take hold and, you know, we were down 14 nothing and really hadn't played well at all uh, in that first quarter. And then all of a sudden, uh, we get a great drive going. We had a, a third and I think it was the third and six. And Jackson hit uh, uh, Blake, uh, hit TJ Hodge, one of our sophomore receivers, for about a, a 28 yard gain that put the ball at midfield. And from that point, everything started clicking after that. And, um, you know, that was a big play and certainly a a big series because had we not scored there and given them the ball back, they would have gotten the ball in good field position. You know, who knows what it would have happened. What percentage of players on your St. John's team do you think could play for the Gophers? Oh, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know. You know, Erdman's really good, obviously. Uh, 
you know, he started out at Penn State, so, you know, obviously he's got, you know, the ability to play at that. Uh, we have a couple of offensive linemen that are really, really good. Uh, you know, our left tackle, Ben Barch, is getting some looks by the pros, and Dan Greenheck's been a two-time, uh, you know, All-American force. On the defensive side, Dan Petrzewski actually started out with the Gophers uh, and transferred after a year. So, you know, I guess there might be a couple of guys, but, uh, you know, we're just happy that they're here at St. John's. Gary, are you, are you trying to quash that rumor that you're considering going D1 now? <laughs> uh, we're really happy where we're at right now. You know, um, you know and, and uh, you, know, uh, you know, I'm sad. I think I've said this. I'm sad and disappointed by the fact that St. Thomas will not be in our league because uh, I think as people saw yesterday, you know, there's uh, that's a, it's a great rivalry and it's uh, it's intense and uh, there's some great football that's played. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to see it end. Well, you know, and, and Gary, next year you'll play them at Collegeville. I hope at Collegeville. There, there's already talk based on the success of the sellout here that they can move it to U.S. Bank Stadium or somewhere else. How do you feel about that, or what, what will go into that? Well, I've, I've said all along that um, I'd never want to move the game off our campus. I think we have a we have a unique setup at Collegeville. Um, it's a great venue. Uh, we've had some incredible crowds there. And, um, you know, I want to see the game in college, though. I think it's uh, it's important. It's a college it's a college atmosphere, um, you know. But, um, uh, you know, I know there's talk about it, but I, I, I people know where I stand on it. I certainly want to see the game in college, though. Do you think there's any chance that St. John's would follow St. Thomas if uh, that works out good for St. Thomas? You know, Sid, I've been asked that question before, and I just don't see any reason why we would do that. Um, you know, we, we like where we're at. Uh, we're, you know, the, the MISC is a great conference. I mean, I look at, you know, up and down, you know, you got Bethel or Steve Johnson, the job that he's done there is incredible. We beat them two weeks ago, and I told our players, when you beat a Bethel team, you know you you beat a good team. Um, you know, Terry Horan up Concordia, they've got a good, great program. Uh, Gustavus, you can go up and down the, the list of, of teams in our league. And it's a great league, and it's, uh, it's gotten better. The, the talent level is better. The coaches are better in our league. Uh, I see absolutely no reason that we would move out of it. Gary, could you talk about the logistics of yesterday? How many, like, how many pairs of shoes did guys bring along? You know, I told them during the week, you know, playing on a grass field, and they had to replace the turf, so you never know what that's going to be like. Uh, and I told them, you know, bring a couple of different pairs of shoes because you might end up changing. And, you know, and, and I said, uh, you might even want to bring some, uh, you know, replaceable spikes. And they all looked at me like, what, what are you talking say, about? Nobody <laughs> plays on natural grass anymore. And then I realized I don't even think they make those anymore. So, uh, <laughs> so we, you know, we went with the normal molded spikes. But, you know, people brought a couple of different pairs just to see, you know, if, if one was a little bit uh, – better than the other and you know there was a couple of uh, people that slipped here and there but uh the turf was actually in pretty good shape i know we ripped up a couple of spots so i'm hoping that they get it prepared for the uh, minnesota united uh, game tonight gary you built uh, you watch your team though and uh you know the line play very well but the emphasis that you put on building an offensive line jack sturman as good as he was had all day to throw yesterday philosophically did you go work the, the the big boys in minnesota is that where it starts for you 
It really does, and and that's uh, been my belief uh, ever since I started coaching. You better have a great offensive line, and you better have a great defensive line because that's where it starts. And uh, our offensive line is incredible. We have uh, we have four four or five guys are seniors, uh, uh, and and they were they're just incredible young men. They work hard, and and uh, they're the they're the glue that keeps our our team going. Uh, and uh, week after week. We we know we control the football. You got a Jackson Erdman back there, who I said is the best I've ever seen at our level. But when we need to run the football, those guys up front uh, they do an incredible job. Our our offensive line coach Mike Magnuson uh, is is super with those guys, and uh, you know they're they're so well prepared. We we had a uh, stopwatch on Jackson Jackson during the week, and we said you got to get the ball off between two point zero and two point five seconds. Because we went empty uh, virtually, I don't know, it was probably 60% of the yeah. time we were in an empty set. And um, so we knew that they would come with five guys and maybe six guys. But there were times where he had three, four seconds yeah. to throw the football. And when you give him that kind of time with the receivers we have, uh, it's going to be pretty tough to hold them out. You have a lot of seniors on this team? We have, uh, you know, we have a number of seniors. Uh, on our offense, we have... Um, we have uh, five senior starters, six senior starters, uh, but our our top uh, four receivers yesterday that caught the ball were all sophomores, hmm. and um, unfortunately we lost our best receiver against Bethel. He tore his ACL. Uh, he was our only starter uh, hmm. back from last year, a wide receiver, a, a great kid, Andrew Van Erp. So we had we put some young guys in there, and and uh, they really played well yesterday. I was uh, so pleased with the way they played. For sure. Hey, Gary, thank you so much. And, and your son's a pretty good pitcher for the Golden Gopher baseball team as well. And uh, you probably recruited him for some football as well. Sid, you got one more thing to say. We need your address, and we'll send you uh, a certificate to Murray's. A certificate, the best steakhouse in town. Well, now I, know I made it. now I know I now made you, it when, uh, when I get a silver butter knife steak from Sid. Yeah, you made the big time, but if you stay on the air just for a second after we say goodbye, we'll get that mailing address. Gary, thanks right. so much. You're a class act, and we appreciate it very much. Yeah, and congratulations yeah. on a great performance. Guys I, guys, I appreciate it. Thanks for all you do. Okay, uh, that's uh, Gary Foshing, and we'll get him the Murray certificate, and we will be back uh, just after this, talk a little bit more football on the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. Welcome back, Sports Huddle. Mike Max, Dave Mona, Sid Hartman, one of Sid's favorites. Mark Trustman has quite a resume in coaching. And talking to him earlier this week, and he said he just sent Sid a card for his 99th birthday. And Sid lights up when he sees uh, that Mark Trustman's going to be on the show. Now coaching in the XFL. Mark, let's start with that before Sid jumps in here. Tell us about your latest position. Uh, Mike, Sid, Dave, good morning. Uh, it's been really exciting the last six months. Oliver Luck came to visit. Uh, with the idea that uh, Vince McMahon of the WWE was going to start a new league. Uh, Obviously, Oliver did a great job for 17 years in Europe. Uh, The money's backed us, and they've done a great job over the last year, really six to eight months to a year, uh, trying to ramp up and do this thing right. So we put a staff together. We've evaluated players, players who probably are credit card thin away, a razor thin away from being NFL players and who have been in the NFL and have had had a blast with our staff and our personnel department down in Tampa, you know, putting a team together uh, from scratch, every position, 
um, every player. We know them, uh, know a lot about them. We know their character. Then we know they love football. And uh, in December 1st, we'll, we'll be together for the first time. Sid. Mark Tresman, good to talk yeah, to you. To... Very, I want to express my, my sorrow about your father passing away. He was a great guy, and I know you miss him a lot. You're back in football great... now. Talk about it. Yeah, my my dad was a great uh, great fan of yours, Sid, and a great sports fan in Minneapolis, and uh, and we all miss him. Um, just really loving this new job. It's uh, We're going to start up in February, a week after the Super Bowl. We're going to bring our team together in December and January to uh, have OTAs just like they do in the NFL and, and, a, and a, a training camp. And, uh, and we're real excited about our football team and giving these uh, young guys an opportunity to continue their careers uh, when they normally wouldn't be able to do that in the NFL. Mark, this is Dave Mona. Talk a little bit about the league. How many teams, uh, how many games schedule, and do you have a salary cap? Yeah, Dave, um, there is a salary cap. You know, they've gone to big cities. We'll be in Seattle and L.A. We'll be in Houston and Dallas. We'll be in St. Louis, Tampa, uh, Washington, D.C., and and uh, and uh, at MetLife in New York. Um, you know, you, you'd recognize the coaches' names. Uh, the season will start, as I said, uh, a week after the Super Bowl, and it'll be, it'll be a spring league of uh, 10 games and a two-game playoff. Uh, the games will all be on on the weekends on ESPN and and uh, and Fox, uh, as well as ABC, so I'll be nationally televised games and give these kids an opportunity to, uh, you know, get, get more reps uh, to either develop and give themselves an opportunity uh, to play in the National Football League the next time around. Most of them have been cut uh, at least once, um, have been on practice squads and have just missed out. And, and some guys will make a career over the next four or five years doing something that no springling has done, and that's that's been to, to stay together. And, uh you know, it's a startup. We started in the garage in January, and, and here we are getting ready to be on national TV, as I said, a week after the Super Bowl. Mark, what's it? You, you've coached in Canada, head coach, Chicago Bears head coach, coordinator at San Francisco 49ers, University of Miami, North Carolina State. You, you, you've really had a, a long and, and storied career as a coach. What's been the most fun stop along the way? You know, if I, if I mention one, Mike, you know, then I'm taken away from all the others. I mean, it's been a journey. Um, you know, my purpose is to, to grow men, to get them to be better fathers, husbands, and teammates. And I think that leads to winning. It always, it, it always does if the quarterback is playing at an efficient level. If it doesn't, um, you usually move on to the next job, but you leave a lot of good stuff behind. And, and guys grow from it and get better uh, once their careers are over. How about uh, your experience with Bud Grant? He gave you a good opportunity. How did you look? Enjoy that. Well, if, if I had to argue with, with experiences, it would have been the greatest experience of my life. I mean, growing up in Minnesota, being, you know, being Bud Grant, being one of my idols. I mean, he obviously saw something in me that I really never saw in myself. Uh, he gave me a good start. He gave me perspective on what the coaching business is all about. He gave me an opportunity to coach and to teach. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here, obviously, talking to you guys today if it hadn't been for Bud and the opportunity that he gave me. And it's, uh, uh, it's something I'll never forget. And it's stories I tell players and coaches uh, since I was there. You know, the Chicago Bears is a storied franchise too, Mark, and the NFC Central, NFC North now. What was that like to be the Bears head coach? Just because whenever you're in Chicago, it's all Bears in the fall. What, what does that feel like? 
Yeah, I mean that was you know you get caught up in when you're when you're coaching, you're re- really you know kind of in a lockdown. You know, I never looked at it any differently than any other job. I went in every day to try to do the best I could. You know, I thought we got it started uh, at least offensively in the first year. We were you know a really highly efficient offense. We were still built on defense. Aaron Rodgers beat us like he beats a lot of guys in the last game where we're sitting there, you know, in 2013 hosting a playoff game. And in the second year, you know, it didn't work out. And I've, I've never looked anything else but, but held myself accountable for not getting it done. And uh, obviously it was a great experience, you know, to be the head coach of the Chicago Bears and, and uh, the, the, the traditions, very similar to the Minnesota Vikings, the traditions that go along with being, uh, you know, within the Chicago Bear organization with something I'll, I'll hold in the highest regard uh, for as long as I live. Mark, obviously you've got such deep roots here in Minnesota. How do you like to go for football team 7-0, and nine, nine, one nine straight and the head of the Big Ten West? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked. You know, I, I'm really in support of what's going on there because what PJ is doing is he's doing it the right way. He's teaching, he is teaching men how to be better leaders. You know, we, we need to teach young men leadership and we need to teach him self-awareness. And I think he's doing that. And when you do it right and you build a platform and a foundation, it eventually leads to winning. And I'm glad it's, it's starting to lead to winning because I believe he's doing it the right way. Mark, I heard you speak a couple of years ago at a coach's clinic here in town, and, and, and you were talking about the importance of your quarterback at practice, that you thought the quarterback set the tone for practice, and you wanted to make sure that quarterback was high energy and confident, not just in games, but every practice. Can you expand on that a little bit? Well, I think practice, as most coaches will see it, is, is really a competition. You know, when you're going against, uh, when you're practicing every day, you got to make it as much as a game as possible. And during a game, you know, football is the, the ultimate zero-sum game. Somebody wins and somebody loses on every single play in a game, and somebody wins or loses each and every week, and you've got to try to translate that to practice. And a quarterback has to handle it. He's not going to complete every pass. He's going to turn the ball over at times. You hope he doesn't, and he's got to respond to it, you know, on the next play. And the, and the more you can format practice, to create uh, game-like stresses uh, for your your team and for your quarterback, the better he's going to play. Talk about your experience as a gopher quarterback. Well, it's uh, it's it's uh, you know the older you get, the better you were. But the the bottom line was, <laughs> it's the friends in the locker room and the experience of the coaches that you, that you work with were were the big, biggest memories. The Tony Dungies, the Wendell Averys, you know, the coaching staff with Tom Moore there. Uh, Cal Stahl there. He had a great staff. And, you know, those players who grew up, who, who came from other cities like Flint, Michigan and Detroit and Lufkin, Texas and Florida, you know, most of those guys stayed around and have, uh, you know, lived in Minneapolis and the St. Paul surrounding area and, and had successful business careers as well. Mark, appreciate it very much. Fun to catch up with you, Sid. Hey, we'll get your MERS certificate. So if you come up to here to Minnesota, we need to get your address. Are you living in Florida, Florida now? Yeah, I'll be in Florida, but I'll be up in Minnesota. And uh, as long as you, you'll go as my guest, I'll, I'll take it. We need your address. Hold on. <laughs> if you hold on uh, after uh, we break here, we'll get you that address. And then we, we want a picture of you guys uh, dining at Murray's. I think that'd be in a good Sid one. Hartman booth, <laughs> yep. <laughs> thanks so much, Mark. <laughs> oh, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Mike and Dave, thanks for having me on. You bet. All right, that's Mark Trussman. We'll be back, talk some uh, Viking uh, football. And then Glenn Mason will join us about oh, 1145. So stick around. Could be a lot of fun that last half hour as you listen to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. 
All right, we are back, and uh, we've got a couple of Vikings to hear from. Before we do that, Sid, I'm sure you, you want to say something. I have a problem which you're hearing. I can about Starkey. Uh, adv- tell you where to go. No doubt Starkey is the best deal for bad hearing around the country. They are coast to coast that Starkey hearing deal. Bill Austin is ahead of that Starkey hearing, and Bill Austin and his people will help you. They're in Prairie. Go to Starkey in Austin, and you get your hearing problem solved. For sure. Yeah, you've told us where to go for a long time, but it's not in Austin. It's in Eden Prairie. Uh, it's, but it is Bill Austin. It's Bill Austin, but it it's in Eden Prairie. Eden Prairie yeah. in Austin. Yeah. Okay, we'll figure that out during this interview here. All right, a couple of interviews back-to-back here. The first one, I don't say he's a surprise, but when he was drafted, I think the Vikings said, well, what are they going to do at running back? They lost two pretty good backup running backs. Well, I think they're pretty happy with uh, Alexander Madison. We'll hear from him first. Mike caught up with him. And then Adam Thielen, uh, you know, wide receiver who we all know, and Sid had a chance to catch up with him. Let's listen to those back-to-back. We'll take a break then, and then Glenn Mason will join us. That's how the next 25 minutes will go. Let's go. Alexander, you look like you're having fun right now playing football. And yeah. I know there's a big learning curve when you come in as a rookie, but you look like you've really enjoyed this process today. Take us through what's it been like. Um, it's been awesome. You know, you got guys like Amir Abdullah who uh, make it fun. You know, there's guys like him. How so? And, um, well, energy. Yeah. Um, you, I always kind of heard um, things about the league being, you know, the last time you'll have fun is in college and, and you know, once you get to the NFL, it's, it's a lot harder and, and things like that. But it's only, um, I think that's a matter of perspective. And the guys that I'm around, um, this team, um, especially the running back room with Dalvin, Amir, Boone, uh, CJ, and Kari, and those guys yeah. just bring the energy every day. We're, we're able to have fun while we're doing our job. So um, I've been able to just, like you said, it looks like I'm having fun because I'm having fun. And, um, you know, I'm living my dream, and I'm doing it with a, a great group of guys around me. Delvin looks like he makes you laugh a lot. How does he do? What's that about? <laughs> uh, he just has a goofy personality, and especially, like, I'm from Southern California. He's from Florida. So, um, you know, he has his own way of, like, communicating things, and, and, and sometimes that, even that itself is just hilarious, just the way that he says some things. And then, you know, he just takes on that big big brother persona and, um yeah, it's, it's, it's all jokes and it's all fun. And, and uh, you know, he, he takes on that big brother role and is able to, you know, make things fun. You played at Boise, obviously. And, you know, we only see Boise on TV and we see the bluegrass. And we know they're really good at football. What, what is that culture like there? What's, what's it like to be part of the Boise State program? Oh, man. Um, that's, and I tell everyone, that's probably one of the better decisions of my life was to go to Boise State. Um, and that's just because the environment, um, the atmosphere, Overall, that culture is is one of a kind. Uh, that blue collar mentality is something that I'll take with me everywhere I go. Is that what it is, blue collar? Oh yeah, yeah. The the culture is contagious, and it's just it's something about that place. And um, you know, I'd encourage any young athlete that's getting recruited by them to really think. You know, as much as it may seem, you know, some of these other places, you know, big school, big names and stuff, um, they're continuously successful on the field, um, you know, continuously top-ranked in the top 25. But on top of that, there's an education there that is, you know, as top-tier. The environment is one of a kind. 
and that culture there is something that'll benefit you for the rest of your life. Yeah, definitely. pretty good skiing and elk hunting too, am I dad? Huh? What was that? Pretty good skiing and elk hunting in the oh, area. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah, the, like I'm saying, the the environment, the, just the the community is it's amazing. It's amazing, and that's it's one of one of a kind, definitely. But yeah, that blue collar mentality is something that. Um, that you know you'll bleed that you'll bleed that throughout the rest of your life once you go to Boise State. Sundays in the NFL, you get up and it's game day, and you know, I mean, there, there's fear, there's anxiety, there's hope, there's optimism. What should feel like an NFL Sunday for you when you get to the stadium and you go, okay, real deal, here we yeah. go. Um, well, it's you know, I kind of go through the same process that I did when I was in college. Um, you get your mind ready. You've prepared all week for this moment, for this game. So. Now it's just time to go put all that work out there, you know, on the field and just use. use Play fast. Yeah, exactly. So you you build up that knowledge, you build up that confidence throughout the week when you're preparing, and then you just go out there and, you know, you're able to have fun and just do your job and execute. And so um, I kind of take that approach of just being, I don't really like to let it get too, too much into my head or anything like that. I just like to, you know, let it kind of just play out, have fun, be relaxed and execute. It's worked well so far. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, you know, following guys like Dalvin and Amir and, and Boone, some guys that have been in the league for a little while, and I'm um, just watching how Dalvin prepares, watching how he just goes out there and, and does what he does. And um, that also helps me a lot, too. Appreciate it. Right. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right, Alexander Madison came in with a lot of, uh, without a lot of fanfare, and the same as the absolutely true for Adam Thielen. Just think about, you know, how almost nobody had heard of him. He made the team, and look at where he is today. Let's listen in to his interview with Adam. Let's talk about uh, how things have t- turned around in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, it's been good. Um, obviously, it's it's a progression, and um, you know, it's a it's an offense that's still fairly new to us, and we're trying to you know make it our own and and really uh, try to um, uh, use it to our advantage. But uh, like I said, uh, it's it's going really well. Uh, we still have a long ways to go, a lot of things to clean up, um, but we know that we have a lot of confidence in. Uh, the play calls and and as well as as the guys running the play, so uh, we're excited to keep continuing to get better. Describe this new offense. Well, I think there's just a lot you can do with it, and and it really starts with us executing early in the game, so um, so we can we can run you know really our system and and do a lot of different things, and um, I think the thing that this offense um, helps us. Um, you know, basically keep defenses off off guard just because we can run the ball effectively, we can run it inside, we can run it outside, um, and we can also do a lot of things in the pass game off that. So um, it, it's a great offense. It's a great fit for us. So we just have to continue to um, execute it. How do you like the new offensive Stefanski? Yeah, no, he's done a great job of, of uh, game planning each week of figuring out ways that we can attack the defense that week. And I think that's something that's very important in this league is it's it's not that you just do what you do um, uh, to an extent you do, but at the same time you got to do um, – um, you have to attack the defense that you're playing that week. And he does a great job putting us in good positions, um, doing what the cor- uh, quarterback does well, and, and uh, really just letting us play our game. What's the big ch- change in the offense? Um, it, it's just a completely different system. I mean, it's, it's – uh, uh, you know, a zone running scheme um, and, and a lot of play action off of that. So a lot of uh, bootlegs, things getting outside of the pocket and um, doing some different routes off that. So um, it's a really fun offense. Like, again, it fits our, it fits our um, identity. It fits our skill positions very well. And 
and our offensive line. So um, we just have to make sure that we're executing and, and allowing him to call um, the entire playbook. How does that affect you? Um, it doesn't really affect me. It's just uh, um, trying to, uh, you know, execute the plays that are called. And uh, sometimes it's deep balls, sometimes it's short routes, things like that. But uh, just trying to get a good grasp for what that, that week is going to look like and, and trying to get on the same page with the quarterback. You're doing a lot better now. You did uh, back to last year. Why is that? Uh, I'm not really sure, but uh, there's so many factors in this game that, that lead to individual stats. And um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're playing well or playing bad. It's just um, there's just so many different factors that lead into that. But, uh, you know, the most important thing is, is winning ball games and, and doing the little things um, that really allow your team to do that. So um, that's what we're going to continue to do and, and continue to try to get better. Uh, the offense have long passes now? Yeah, no. Long passes? Yeah, for sure. There's definitely a lot of uh, – we definitely have our opportunities to take our shots, and uh, we've had that, um, you know, this whole season. And, um, you know, it's something that we feel really comfortable with because we've had a lot of success with that in OTAs and training camp and things like that. And uh, we know that um, in this league that you have to be able to do that to, to be able to have success. Um, you can't just be able to rely on short passes or – or just being able to run the ball. You have to be able to do it all to keep defenses really um, you're really guessing what you're going to be able to do. All right, that's it. And Adam Thielen, quick break here. We'll get Glenn Mason on the line, talk about what happened in the Big Ten yesterday. Always fun to catch up with a former Gopher coach, and we'll talk to him right after this. You're listening to Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. And now, and now Glenn Mason. And- Coach, we're uh, glad to have you join us. Uh, watched uh, saw quite a bit of you yesterday. Really interesting day in the Big Ten. I know everyone wants to ask about uh, Illinois and Wisconsin, but I want to start with your thoughts on the Gophers now that seven and zero, uh, and you know, you're it, it's hard for you to keep from smiling when you talk about the Gophers. Uh, it is. It's uh, you know, it's not a surprise to me. I remember uh, last time uh, that we talked, uh, and I talked about Rutgers. I I really didn't think there's any way that Rutgers could beat. Uh, the Gophers, but uh, as we all know, the Gophers can beat the Gophers if they don't play well, but they were well-prepared. They went to New Brunswick and uh, took care of the business, and, uh, you know, it, it's amazing how things change. They're on a roll, and then, as you previously mentioned, Wisconsin goes down to Champaign, Illinois, gets beat, so, man, that really makes the West Division race interesting. How about uh, Illinois beating Wisconsin? Could you figure that one out? Sid, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, you know, you, you think about, uh, uh, you know, Wisconsin, and it's my old favorite saying, when you think you got it made, disaster's right around the corner. That was the case. Everybody was talking about uh, Wisconsin, me included, that uh, that defense, uh, number one in the country for the Badgers, uh, only giving up four touchdowns and scoring four touchdowns uh, themselves on the season uh, might have been the best defense in the country. And uh, you go, and that's why you play the game, Sid. And I I said right from the get-go, I was in Chicago watching, and I looked at Joshua Perry, my studio partner, and I said, man, those guys don't look fired up. They look flat. And you, you play anybody and you're flat, and you look at Illinois and Really happy for Lovey Smith because there's a lot of outside noise. Everybody questioned him which way the direction going. A lot of people were thinking, well, he probably won't be around after this season, and he pulls the biggest upset of the year. 
Coach, uh, Iowa, g- give me your thoughts. on. I, I've had t- I only watched from afar and see the highlights, et cetera. They put some points up yesterday. Uh, they've struggled to sc- score points. How good are they? You know, that's a, Mike, that's a great question. I think they're playing really good defense, and they're very lucky that they're playing really good defense because, man, their offense leaves a lot to be desired. We know the blueprint for Iowa under Kirk Ferentz, and he's been there a long time. They're going to play good defense. They want to be able to run the ball offensively and then mix it up with the play-action passes. They're playing good defense. They can't run the ball a lick. They really have offensive line problems. Uh, the biggest glaring mistake they have is they can't score in the red zone. And they're really lucky that uh, I think they came away with four field goals yesterday. They're lucky that that guy's making field goals because uh, otherwise they lose that game. They're playing too many games that they shouldn't be playing close to the best. You start playing games that close, sooner or later you get burned. Glenn, we had a chance to talk to P.J. Fleck earlier. And during the week, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. was named first team uh, safety on an early midseason All-American team. We had a chance to talk about him. And he couldn't say enough about the improvement that he's made this year and what an impact player he's become. Well, I think he's been a pretty darn good player all along, and he's been an impact player. You know, Dave, one of my favorite sayings, as you well know, some guys make plays, some guys don't. Well, that guy makes plays. I still think back to the interception and the halfback pass a year ago against Fresno, which was really a heads-up play. Now, he had a couple interceptions uh, yesterday against Rutgers. You know, that quarterback, Johnny Langan from Rutgers, people say he can't throw the ball. He can throw it. He just throws it to the wrong people all the time. (laughs) That that, uh, that one that uh, Winfield, that you know, picked off and returned for a touchdown. Hell, she could have done that one, you know. (laughs) But he is one heck of a player. And, you know, the number of plays that he makes, I've been saying it for weeks, I just hope he stays healthy because from that safety position, and I'm talking about run support, man, he comes up there like a missile and he makes a lot of tackles. Yep. Sid? Do you think uh, the Gophers have a chance against Penn State? Well, let me just tell you something. You keep talking about the shot against Penn State, and they'll get beat by Maryland. Yeah, right. You got Maryland in between there. Let's take one game at a time, first things first. And, you know, let me just tell you something. Uh, Maryland's better than Rutgers. They got some players. Uh, you'll be impressed with Javon Leak, uh, the running back, and uh, Anthony McFarland, who hasn't been playing. I don't know if he'll be healthy or not. Man, that guy's a big-time running back. We've seen him, you know, play before. They got quarterback problems. Josh Jackson, uh, the quarterback that had been playing, uh, got banged up. I don't know if he's going to be back. He didn't play last week. Uh, Tyrell Pigram, who came in, did some nice things, but he threw that late interception. You got to take care of business. Now, I can tell you this. If they take care of business, now I like these hypothetical situations, as you guys know. If they take care of business and they're 8-0, and if Penn State, takes care of business. They got a tough game at East Lansing against Michigan State. If they take care of business, man, I'll tell you, this place will be humming for that game. No doubt about it, Coach, I want to give you one that I don't think anybody's got on their radar, but I I truly believe they're going to win some games before the year is out, and that's Northwestern, because even though they got annihilated the other night, they play hard all the time. Well, you know, you're right, and the Gophers are going to have to go play them in uh, in Evanston, if my memory is correct. And uh, yeah. right. yes. they're playing good defense. And I, I've always said, anytime you play rock solid defense, you got a chance, and they are. 
And they're better def- better defensively than anybody thinks because they'll look at the, the stats, and you got to remember their offense is terrible. You know, if their offense was you know just middle of the pack, that defense would really look good. But I thought they played their best game. Uh, you're right. I think they're getting you know they're getting a little bit better. And you know, a Friday night against Ohio State Buckeyes, which is the best team in the country, and you're getting a little bit better against them. Watch out. Yeah, they really missed their quarterback, though. You know, Glenn, you've said so many times uh, the pair in the spare, and you, you had a chance to talk about, you know, the great backfield, even with Thomas Tepay, the one a lot of people don't remember. I think this year's Gopher teams is, uh, comes as close to, to that truism as you're going to see. they got three backs who can really hurt you. Well, I've been singing their praises, Dave, as you well know. I, I watch guys, and, uh, you know, those guys, if they're staying healthy, and now they're healthy. But, you know, Rodney Smith, man, he is a tough runner. Uh, he gets a lot of yards on the inside, and Shannon Brooks, he's got the ability to take it the whole way. And, you know, Mohamed Ibrahim, you know, short yardage, and that guy's strong. He reminds me of Gary Russell. You know, I, Ooh, if, I good, had one yeah. thing to do over, if I had one thing to do over again, I would have ran Gary Russell on that third and short against uh, uh, Wisconsin in, in, in <laughs> yeah. 2005. Uh, not that I have anything against Maroney, but, you know, Gary Russell, uh, with those strong legs, man, hard to stop for less than a yard. No doubt about it, Sid. Well, Michigan moved the ball all over the field against uh, Penn State. Say that again. I'm sorry. He said Michigan uh, moved the ball over the field against Penn State, except in the end zone on the last play. Yeah, that's that's a great observation. You know, what you can't do is you spot them a lead. You know, it looked like it was going to be a runaway, and then, you know, people became a little bit critical of – James Franklin would have been a lot critical if he would have lost that game. Hmm. Uh, that he got too conservative, and his answer was, "Well, you know, no, we're we're doing so. We took, we're going to take our shots, except we got rushed or we got sacked or you know whatever it may be." Uh, but you had to be impressed with uh, the competitive nature and how uh, Michigan kept fighting, how they came back in that game, and to think uh, that the kid dropped that pass. I mean, it was a perfect pass. Uh, Shea Patterson played his best football game, but that was a perfect pass. Hit him right between the numbers, which would have put the game into overtime unless Harbaugh would have decided to go for two. But I would have liked to have seen that guy game go into overtime. All the momentum was with Michigan. I think Michigan would have won. I agree with you on that pass. He's, he'll think about that the rest of his life. Sid, uh, you want to thank uh, the coach? Well, the Big Ten is crazy. You don't, you don't know what's going on. For appearing on this show, I know you got the last uh, Murray's, and you, you get an, another one. Don't tell me you, you didn't get the Murray's. I've seen the envelope, Glenn. <laughs> uh, you, hey, let, let me just tell you something. Said every time I think of you, the saying, the check is in the mail, comes tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of us think that and other things. <laughs> yeah, I didn't read the text you yesterday when you were talking on the air. I thought he's going to reach for his phone. He's going to feel the buzz. But we really appreciate it every week you Thanks, can join Coach. us. It's, it's a highlight yeah. of the show for us. Uh, you guys are the best anytime. Thank you. All right, that's Glenn Mason. I want to thank all of our guests today. It was, it was a fun morning. Tour. Now, next week, I want to say we're going to be on for three hours next week. We'll be on from 9 to noon. We had several calls today and said, will you take calls? We'll be taking calls next Sunday. Sorry we haven't had a chance to get to it. I do want to thank our guests today. Kirsten Rosas, Adrian Heath, P.J. Fleck, uh, Mike Hughes, Gary Foshing, Mark Tresman. That was so much fun to catch up with Mark again. Alexander Madison, Adam Thielen, and Glenn Mason. Thank you for listening. We'll do it again 
a longer version next week. Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.